What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Progress Not Perfection. I'm your host, Jeff Pakman, and today I have a good friend of mine, fellow coach, Coach Taters. How you doing? Bloody fantastic, mate. It's early, but we're getting it done. No excuses. It is early, man. The only way that I could get you on. I got a, you're, you're a man in demand. Yeah, mate. It's been absolutely chaos recently. I've got two kids at the moment. Well, at the moment, it'll be two kids forever. Um, but yeah, I've got I've got a newborn at home, and so this is like the only time that I can actually do anything. Get up early to do it. So yeah, I appreciate you getting up as well, mate. Dude, absolutely. Sorry, I have morning voice. It's probably you know, it's pretty attractive. You can kind of go deeper. But yeah, um, yeah, dude. I th- I think uh, I I just got the bug up my ass this week, and I was like, I was like, you know what? I want a guest, and I want to talk to my buddy Coach Tater. So let's have you on the pod. Um, dude, I love it. I haven't had a guest on in a long time, dude. It's been it's been months, um, and I miss having guests on. It's fun to chop it up and talk some shit. Talk about yeah. fitness, talk about life, talk about, you know, whatever. And yeah, it's just, that's a, that's why I started this podcast is because I actually just enjoyed talking to people. Mm-hmm. And lately, uh, you know, I haven't been doing that. So I want to get back into it. Yeah. So, so yeah, man, how's life been recently? You, you've been doing in-person training. You've been busy with just, just taking care of the baby full time yeah it's been nuts yeah yeah it's been crazy my wife's still on maternity leave but she is also preparing herself to enter the workforce in a new industry so she was previously doing a different job and now she's she's taken a diploma since she when she was pregnant and now she's like preparing herself to to get a job in this new industry and so in order to help her I've kind of given her all the time that she needs to work on her her portfolio, her her resume. I was about to say CV, but you guys say resume. So, um, and so yeah. Any time that I'm not doing in person clients, which is three days a week, I am with the baby. And I said earlier she's a newborn, but she's actually seven months seven months old, so she, an infant technically. Um, and I still have to run my online business during that time as well. So it's been it's been really difficult. Hence why we're up so early. It's it's six twenty right now in the morning. We're film we're we're recording this, uh, and yeah, it's been absolutely chaos because I've had to get up at like five a.m. to get my work done, to get my check ins done for my online clients, to get my own workouts in, um, and then I'm trying to post on social media while I'm looking after the baby a lot of the time, or at least I'm trying to kind of get edit it a little bit on my phone and the baby's crawling now. So baby's actually like a little easier than she was two to three months ago. She's like sleep trained. She's sleeping really well. So that is all stuff that's really, really helpful. But yeah, this is a really chaotic time of my life. The, The most chaotic it's ever been, I would definitely say but there's light at the end of the tunnel. Baby goes to daycare in September. So I'm going to be in this position where I get like my whole day back. So yeah, I'm yeah, kind of, yeah. I'm kind of worried about that. Cause I'm going to be going from very minimal amount of time to a lot of time. I'm worried about procrastinating when I get all that time back. So we expect to see a lot of reels and content from you in the future then. Yeah, I'll be pumping it out. Pumping it out. I love to hear it. <laughs> That's good. That's good, man. I I think uh well dude, you have such good content. Anybody that's listening, make sure you give Coach Taters a follow. Um but you have such good content and it's tough because it's like 
we get shiny object syndrome as coaches. And I think maybe a lot of people who are trying to lose fat will like kind of relate to this is like, we get shiny object syndrome, but not with fat loss and like fad diets and new workouts and, you know, new supplements. Like that's the stuff I used to have shiny object syndrome about. Now I have shiny object syndrome about what kind of content I should be making. That's gonna, you know, get more followers and more views and more likes and all of this stuff. And it's a rat race. Like I remember when my content, I used to get like a hundred, a hundred views on a video. And if I got a hundred likes on a post, I would be ecstatic. I would be like, Oh my God, dude, I got a hundred likes on a post. Right. And now it's like, I've taken that for granted. And now it's like, I've set the bar higher. And I'm like, if I don't get this many likes or this many comments, it was a shit post. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, dude, imagine, imagine a hundred people in real life in a room yeah. and you talking, being able to talk to a hundred people in real life. I've done that. I've, I've spoken to a hundred people in a room and it is terrifying that many people, people yeah that many people watching you speak and all eyes are on you it's terrifying dude <laughs> yeah well you know i was actually um watching the soccer watching soccer, the football football and it was it was at wembley stadium in london and it turns out that that the stadium's got like a capacity of 100,000 that 100,000 people can fit into Wembley Stadium. Okay, now imagine none of my videos have ever reached 100,000, but imagine standing in the middle on the pitch and giving a speech or, you know, doing a, a TikTok dance or some shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like 100,000 people. And I know multiple people, like, have, have any of your videos ever got 100,000 views? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Imagine... <laughs> that many people it, you can't fa you can't fathom it when you're on your on your phone looking at the yeah. number of views it's got you can't fathom that many people watching watching you um but yeah you're right it's like even even to have like 20 people in a room that are engaged with you is 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 great really but it's, it is often we miss that. And yeah, we do have shiny object syndrome of like, I know both of us have been like, right, that's it. Articles is my thing, right? Yeah. That's it. YouTube is my thing. Yeah. We've all, we've all done, done, gone through that. Um, so yeah, we do have shiny object syndrome. Yeah. And I think about it and I think about like, <laughs> you know, I, I look up to people who, are consistent no matter what no matter what the views are doing no matter if their followers aren't growing no matter no matter what they just keep fucking going and they keep being consistent because truthfully like that's what it takes and, and you put the reps in i was talking to jordan the other day jordan Syed, and um i had a phone call with him and uh like we we were talking about it and I was like, man, I looked at one of my videos back in 2020, just three years ago, and my videos sucked. Like they were awful, absolutely awful. I was terrible on camera. I had no personality. It looked like I was just like, it looked like I had this just like blank stare. And it just, I was so uncomfortable on camera and now, it's like, it's just like this. It's just like talking to me in person. And I'm like, dude, I've gotten so much better. And it's because I've made 3000 posts on Instagram. That's why I've gotten better at it. And, and it just made me realize that like, dude, the reason that my content has started to do well is because I've, I've practiced so much mm. in pickleball. The only reason I can hit the shots that I can hit and I can I can play with, you know, higher level players is because I practice. I play a lot. I drill. You know, I, I make it a routine to 
to do the shots that I want to do in practice that I, that way I'm comfortable to do them in a game and I know that I can do them. So the same way that, you know, if, if we have a client who's getting frustrated at how challenging, uh, I don't know, dumbbell RDLs are, or I'll, I'll use a more common one that people get frustrated at that they really suck at is like Bulgarian split squats, right? Those are, that's a, that's a challenging movement, even with just your body weight for most people, right? And then you do it with weight and, you know, you have to get your balance. You have to make sure your feet are set up in the right spot. You have to make sure like your core is engaged. You have to try to make sure, you know, you're not too upright. You can lean forward a little bit. You have to make sure you're breathing right. You know, all this stuff, you have to make sure you're pushing off the right foot and and like, there's so many things to think about when you're doing that exercise. And in the beginning, you're going to look like a drunken giraffe trying to Bulgarian split squat. But after doing it for some time and getting better at it, like you're not going to have to think about it. You're just going to do it. And you're going to be like, you're going to hit PRs and it's going to feel way better. Now I do Bulgarian split squats and it's like, I still don't like them, right? They're still really hard, but I don't have to think about my form and technique when I do them. I just know that I'm doing them correctly. Yeah. And it is such an incremental um, improvement process with that. And, you know, social media, because looking, looking back at my old videos as well, like the, the sound is echoey. There was no microphone. The lighting was terrible. All of those little things. And actually, funnily enough, you remember when you used to play a video of yourself and your voice sounded weird? Yeah. That was that was a normal thing. But now I can hear myself on camera and I'm like, oh, it doesn't sound weird anymore because I've done that many videos and I've, you know, edited that many videos, played them back that many times that <laughs> I'm not weirded out by my voice anymore. Yeah. People always say that they're always like, I don't like the sound of my own voice. And you're like, yeah, I mean, I think that's normal. Yeah. But you get used to it once you listen to yourself so many times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of like moving it on to, to training and about the incremental process, it's just about, it's literally about putting in the reps, right? You know, you put in a number of reps, 3000 posts or whatever. And it's not like one day it's suddenly got incredibly better. It's just been over time. If you compare the first to the last, it's like a huge difference, but it's kind of like progress pictures. You know, you take, if you take a progress picture every day, you don't see the difference, but the, you compare week one to week four to week, to week eight to week 12, and then compare week one to week 12. And you're like, holy smokes, you know? And I guess that's where a lot of people get frustrated when they don't see the day-to-day -day progress, but it's like, shouldn't really be comparing your day-to-day -day progress it should be you know over over the course of months am i making that making them gains yeah i think it's it's crucial man like how often do you have your clients take progress photos every four weeks and how long does it usually take before you start noticing changes i would say usually i'd see start to see changes after eight to 12 weeks. Yeah. Um, some anomalies will be like, send me their four week pictures. And I'm just like, holy smokes. You know, if people have really gone to town, they've been really, you know, the people that just go straight in and, you know, not overdo it in terms of ext extremity, but you know, they, they jump straight on the plan and, for some people, it does take a little more time to warm up to get used to something like tracking calories and macros. Uh, so yeah, I'd say around eight weeks, usually start to see a difference, um, which can be can be motivating. Do you, did they see the progress usually? Sometimes, but usually no, they don't. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the interesting part about having a coach, right? Is like, a lot of times people don't see the progress in themselves or like it's so small to them that they don't, they're not focusing on it. And what we tend to do is 
we tend to look at everything as coaches. We look at, okay, are the triceps leaning out a little bit? Is like, are the shoulders, can we see a little more striation definition in the shoulders? You know, if we look at the side photos, is the, is the waist coming in a little bit? If we look at the back, is the V taper coming in? We see a more definition in the upper back, like, you know, our glutes coming in a little bit, our thighs, you know, the even the gap between your thighs, is that getting like a little bit bigger, like just little things like that. And if you can just point out like one or two areas where you can notice progress. And a lot of times the clients will be like, hmm, yeah, I guess I didn't see it. But yeah, I, I am making progress. And then all of a sudden, the next photos after that are like, even better mm -hmm. and i don't know if you do this andy but like i compare week one to whatever week they're on mm -hmm. i put those photos next to each other i don't put week you know week four versus week eight i put week one versus week eight week one versus week 12 and i put those two photos next to each other and most clients, they're not looking at their photos side by side. They're like, they're pulling up their phone and they're looking at one photo and then they're swiping over to the next photo. Mm -hmm. So they don't have it side by side. And what's cool about coaching is like, I can record a video on my computer of me looking at both their photos side by side and be like, hey, I just want to let you know, this is fucking insane look at these changes yeah and that's, sometimes it's crazy that they don't see it dude it's insane that they don't see it i wish i could show you and pull up a transformation photo right now that like dude i was doing my check-ins yesterday and one of my clients marcine dude her photos are fucking i told her this is like top one percent transformations marcine and all she did was, dude, she just liked my comment that I made. <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, Marcin, don't just like my comment. I said this. I said, don't just like my comment. I need you to reply back and tell me that you are extremely proud of yourself for putting in this amount of hard work. Mm -hmm. Like 1% of people will see these kinds of results in the amount mm -hmm. of time that you've done this. Mm -hmm. This is insane. And she was like, she was like, yeah, LOL, you're right. This is really, really good. And I'm like, good. I'm glad that you recognized it. Don't just like my comment. Don't, don't yeah. fucking do that. No, no. But yeah, I think a lot of people don't know what's realistic because. Oh, yeah, they don't. They've been so many magazines, social media, you know, you see. Even even for me, like I spend five minutes on social media and because I'm in the fitness industry, you know, I see a lot of fitness content and then I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm in, not in any way near as good a shape as these guys. Right. Um, but then I go to the local swimming pool and I'm like, oh, this is what normal mortals look like. Not mortals. <laughs> mortals. <laughs> not, well, look, not in the gym, right? Because when like... Dude, when I go to the gym, to be honest, I'm like not. I'm not in nearly as good a shape as some of the people that go to my gym. Like, like hmm. some of the people that go to my gym are, dude. They're they're in there every day, just training their faces off, right? And I'm not like, admittedly so. Even though I'm a coach, like I, fitness is not my life like it used to be when I was in my twenties. I'm starting to change that though. I'm starting to really get into pickleball, but again, pickleball is my number one priority when it comes to my fitness right now. It's not muscle growth. It's not hypertrophy. It's not bodybuilding. It's literally training for pickleball and performance in, in that sport. So aesthetics is not really my, my main focus right now. And it, uh, to be honest, like it never really has been. I've just, uh, I enjoyed training like bodybuilding style for a while, but now I'm starting to think like, okay, I need to, I need to get faster. I need to get more explosive. I need to be more athletic. And to be honest, when you train that way, when I train that way, my body feels better. Like, I don't know about you, but when I, when I do a lot of like, I don't know, just a lot of like 
machine stuff, a lot of like chest supported stuff, a lot of like not moving through full ranges of motions, a lot of exercises where I don't really have to like engage my core as much. I don't really have to use any other muscle group, but like the isolation of like my chest, for example, or like my triceps or like doing a lot of just like bodybuilding type movements. My body doesn't feel as good. And I don't know if, can you relate to that? Yeah. I can relate to that. It's not as athletic, is it? No, dude, I feel slow. I feel I feel like I'm walking around like a big stiff like muscle man and I'm not muscular, you know, but like I feel just stiff. I feel tight. I don't yeah. stretch enough. And when I train like more through full ranges of motion, doing more athletic type stuff, doing more mobility drills, you know, more not more like explosive movements more power movements and more like training for speed like i just feel like my body is moving better and i don't feel as slow on the courts yeah yeah i i've been through kind of a similar journey really like i mean we were doing the bodybuilding stuff together we were following the same program for a while yeah right um and i think it's it is fun doing that kind of stuff yeah. especially if you're working out with someone like we worked out together when we were down in portland and that was so much fun so fun. um yeah so you know if i do enjoy the bodybuilding stuff still but i think i don't know listening to the book peter tia's book outlive i i've finished that book now and i also listened to a i think it was like a six-part series on fitness with andrew huberman and the guest he had on was a guy called Andy Galpin. And listening to those two things, the book and the podcast series, it was just a bit, it changed my perspective on what's important when it comes to training. Because it's so easy to, to go down and get stuck into one community and follow one path of like, right, I'm going to get as big as I can as a bodybuilder, or I'm going to try and lift as much weight as I can as a powerlifter. But uh, maybe it's something about getting a little bit older you know we're in yeah. our 30s now yeah and things like mobility things like explosive strength zone two cardio zone five cardio muscular endurance all of these things are important for longevity so if you can tie them into a a, a performance a performance endeavor for yourself, I suppose. So for you right now, you found like pickleball. So now you have something to work towards. Okay. Now you've got a purpose for training. That's not just how do I lose weight? Um, which is, which is great because if you can still lose weight, but you just know that you're going to do that through your nutrition and that training is, is very important. Of course, like you need to be doing your training, but you, you can base your training around your athletic endeavor uh, and it gives you another purpose instead of like just focusing on weight loss and your only measure of progress is the scale and some measurements and progress pictures. They're the main three we do, right? Instead of just doing that, it's like, am I getting stronger in the gym? Am I getting more explosive? And um, am I able to play pickleball for longer Yeah. without getting out of breath? Yeah. So it, it just gives you another element to, to focus on to take the pressure off of always like being like what's what's the scale gonna say today yeah dude i i think that's one of the most important lessons we can teach our clients yeah is the focus on performance over aesthetics because here's the thing is once you focus on performance and losing weight becomes like not your only focus then you start to lose weight and you start to lose fat and build muscle and, you know, move better, feel better, have more energy as a result of your performance goals. Yeah. So I had a client who, um, she's getting really into rock climbing. And what we did is like, we, we tailored her training more towards rock climbing. So a lot of like, a lot of dead hangs, a lot of like farmers carries, a lot of like, a lot of uh, pulling movements, 
right? And not a lot of pressing movements, like almost no pressing movements, except for the lower body. Like she has a lot of lower body pushing movements and a lot of upper body pulling movements. But almost all of this stuff is like, um, it's free weights, compound movements. I'm doing higher reps for her because she needs to train muscular endurance. She needs to be able to hang on to a hold on the wall for a long amount of time, right? So once we started doing this and I developed this program for her, I've never trained anybody for rock climbing before, but I just, I just like in, in my head, I know what principles I needed to apply to get her to become a better rock climber, which is really cool. Like mm -hmm. to have the confidence in my, my coaching abilities to, to be able to write a program for some, a sport that I've never coached anybody in before, but she, dude, she has improved her rock climbing so much and she's taking on like much more, um, challenging climbs than she was doing before. And she said like her endurance for climbing is much longer. She doesn't get like the sore forearms that she used to get. They were doing a lot of like farmers carries and stuff like that. So she, she, she doesn't get like the same uh, limiting factors that she used to have. And what's cool too is like, because we know that for rock climbing, she needed to weigh less and the lighter she was, the better, but also the more power and the more strength we could build in her lower body, the better. Cause really rock climbing is you're not supposed to be using your upper body. You're not really supposed to be, you're supposed to be like driving with your legs and mostly using your legs. So we train for a lot of lower body strength and power. And it's pretty cool because her body composition has changed drastically. And we took the focus off of the scale. I said, I don't fucking care what the scale is doing. You're at a healthy body weight. You look great. Like, stop, stop worrying about your aesthetics. We're just going to train for rock climbing. We're going to make you the most badass rock climber at the gym. And she's like, cool, I'm in she was on board. And then once we did mm -hmm. that, it was like, dude, her, her physique has leveled up in so many ways. Once we started having that focus is now she has a, a goal. She has a primary goal. She wants to be a badass rock climber. Cool. Now she has a primary goal and now her physique followed. Right. Mm -hmm. So now she looks better than she ever has, but she's also, um, she has a focus on a sport, which is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, sometimes as well, like you can, you can still, and it's not right for everyone. Maybe your client was, it was great where she was in terms of like body weight. And she sounds like she had a great body recomposition, yeah. gained some muscle and lost some body fat. But sometimes you can tie your weight loss goal into the performance goal. For example, I'm probably about 15, 20 pounds overweight right now just because I've prioritized looking after my family, taking care of my clients over my own training and nutrition. Um, but like I've started running again and I'm just like, well, this is much harder to run at my current body weight of like 193 in comparison to when I was a, I think I was around like one, 170, but I was much less muscled at that point as well. That yeah. was like 10, 10 years ago or something. But you can tie your weight loss goal into your performance goal because it's like if you lose weight, are you going to be a better runner? Yeah. Yeah. So that gives you something else to, you know, instead of just like, I don't know, I guess maybe it's the difference between um, an internal versus external goal or motivation, intrinsic yeah. versus yeah, extrinsic. Intrinsic, extrinsic, yeah. 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 And so extrinsic is like very much an external source of motivation which could be like oh i want to lose weight because i want to fit into what society says is you know mm -hmm. fit and healthy and beautiful or bloody handsome yeah. or you know the intrinsic motivator which is i i want to i i want to perform better for myself you know i want to yeah. reach these goals and become fitter healthier so i can live longer and perform better in my in my sport so, you know, having those things, because an intrinsic motivator is so much more powerful than an ex extrinsic one, you know, instead of your partner saying that you want to lose weight, you need to lose weight or something like that, right? It's like, how 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 are you going to stick to a plan when it's not even you that want, wants it potentially, or it's not even your idea, you know? So I, I think it can be good to have that. 
And because for some, it might be, oh, I need to gain weight so I can lift more in like powerlifting or something, right? Yeah, I think, uh, I think, well, touching on the intrinsic, extrinsic thing, I think also like Peter Atia in his book, you got, if you guys haven't listened to Outlive, you should definitely go grab it. Um, really good so far. I'm only like maybe like a hundred pages in, but, um, he talks a lot about the four horsemen and he talks a lot about the reasons like the major causes of death in, uh, in society today. And he talks about how like your parents died or your grandparents died is like, those are the things that you need to look out for. Right. So like if my grandpa had a heart attack or a stroke at, you know, 85 and died, then I need to look at that and, and realize that, okay, you know, cardiovascular health, you know, zone two cardio, you know, prioritizing aerobic work is going to be really important for me. Right. Or let's say my, my grandma died of, um, let's say my grandma died of like lung cancer, right? Because she smoked. Well, now I have that like genetic predisposition to lung cancer. I got to stay the fuck away from smoking cigarettes, vaping, like any of that. Like I got to, I got to really watch that. And so there's specific factors. And so maybe the reason that I train for aerobic capacity can be the intrinsic factor can be like, I don't want to die at 85 years old. I want to live past 85. I want to live longer than my grandpa did. And I don't want to pass away because my cardiovascular health wasn't where it needed to be. Yeah. And this is where like, you know, if someone's not making progress towards their weight loss goal and they're like, fuck it, I'm just not going to train and eat healthy anymore. That's where it's like, that is so stupid because training and nutrition is not just about losing weight or changing body composition sometimes that can be a, a you know a mini goal a focus but there's way more benefits to training than than losing weight uh, and coming back to that story like what you were saying there like my dad who's still alive right now he had a heart attack 8 years ago like a, a few months before i actually moved to canada he had a heart attack and so i've always kept an eye on like what i'm eating i try not to eat too much saturated fat and i went and had my lipids checked and i've got high ldl cholesterol and overall cholesterol is relatively high too um and it's outside the range the range that they would ideally have you in and and i don't even eat that much saturated fat and so you know you can be predisposed predisposed <laughs> to uh to these types of things just because they are genetic and they run you know in the family and that kind of thing and so it's another thing to say like okay if i was 20 pounds lighter and if i was to really clean up my diet okay there's a genetic component but what can i do to to reduce the risk of all of these things happening to me um and that can be a big kick up the ass and that was kind of again an eye-opening thing from listening to to Peter Atiyah's book, although it can be a little bit, um, what's the word? Complicated, I suppose, it's to advanced, listen to his it's book. It's advanced stuff. Um, but I do have some clients who listen to it, and they were like, they were like, yeah, it makes sense. You know, it's a yeah. lot of the same stuff you talk about, Jeff. And the truth is, like, I don't know Peter Atiyah before he released this book. I never listened to his podcast. I never, you know, I never followed the guy, but like. Once you release the book and I had enough people in the fitness industry who I trust and respect tell me this book is amazing. I watched the book. Now I binge all of his podcast episodes. I follow him on social media because it's all of the same stuff that me and you and other coaches have been talking about for years. It's just common sense. Like we I had a client the other day who told me, I know you're not big on cardio. But what are your thoughts on me doing some more cardio training? And I was like, actually, you have no idea, but I am way, I'm way bigger into cardio now than I ever have been, ever. Mm -hmm. I do probably 
probably six to eight hours of zone two cardio per week. That's insane. With pickleball? With pickleball. It's a lot of zone two, dude. It's almost all zone two. So that's amazing because it gets my heart rate into that zone two zone two range for two hours at a time and i play three four sometimes five times a week right so it's perfect Mm -hmm. for me because i don't have to sit on a treadmill i don't have to sit on an elliptical and do that i can play a sport that i truly love and have so much fun playing and be in zone two and then if i if i do, do singles it's a lot of like sprint type work you're, you're really sprinting to the ball and moving as explosive and quickly as you can. So that's more zone four or five. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds exhausting. It is. Yeah. I've been, I've been getting out for some runs, tr- trying to stay in zone two. When I first started, cause I've been running a few months now, picked it back up. I used to run a lot 10 years ago. I did like half marathons, marathon, all of that kind of stuff and I could run much faster but now I've been going out and I've been doing some zone two training and when I first started it was like a walk a jog a walk a jog uh, and then suddenly it became a very slow jog non-stop and like I'm shaving minutes off of my off of my mile mile minutes per mile time I'm shaving minutes off in comparison to where I started so it's great to see the progression even with a low a lower heart rate yeah, it's it's crazy how fast your cardio improves because it's not like building muscle, like building muscle, gaining strength. Yeah, you can do it pretty quickly in your first couple years. But like when you've been lifting for a while, building strength and building muscle is fucking unbearably slow process. It's super slow. Yeah. Um, but with cardio, it's like the first couple months of being consistent with cardio, dude, you're going to see market improvements. You're going to see really big improvements. And what's cool about it is like, and, and I saw this on Jordan's story too, is like he mentioned walking at like a three speed on a treadmill used to put him in zone two. And I was the same, like just walking on a treadmill at a moderate pace used to put me in zone two. And now it's like, I got to play, I got to play like pickleball for like maybe 20, 30 minutes before I'm in zone two. Yeah. Mate, does your Garmin tell you, you still got your Garmin? Yeah. Yeah. Your, does your Garmin tell you your VO2 max? I don't think so. Maybe there's a function to figure that out. Yeah, mine tells me, but it's usually after a run, it will pop up and say if it's changed or not. Um, but you, I can check via the Garmin Connect app and okay. it'll say, if you go into stats, I think it, it might tell you your VO2 max. That's interesting. Um, I'm going to, um, hold on. I'm going to look at mine. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. So mine didn't show my VO2 max, but so, so it does show yours on your yeah. watch. I think you have a different watch than mine, but um, I do. Yeah. So when you, when you look at it, but you've seen it improve over time. Very slowly. I mean, it started at 42 and now it's at 44 and that's supposed to be milligram or no, 44 milliliters per kilogram per minute of oxygen or something. Um, But Peter Tia talks about it in his book and he's like VO2 max is the most powerful indicator of someone's, um, chance for longevity or whatever i don't obviously i'm changed up what he says but yeah it's basically a very important metric and then listening to the to andy galpin who's a a sports scientist and helps a lot of athletes he's he was on andrew huberman talking about what it should be and he was like i'd like it to be for for men 50 plus i can't remember what he said it was for women um but around 50 plus for men and i'm at 44 yeah um but it's improving slowly yeah it does improve very slowly but it is great to have something else to work towards yeah Um, yeah yeah i love that goal of having that 50 once you hit that 50 you're gonna be excited um so what's the best way that somebody who maybe they're not doing cardio right now but how could how could they improve their vo2 max well if they're not doing cardio right now probably 
start doing some cardio. That is yeah. the only way to improve VO2 max, really. You're not going to get it through lifting. I don't even know. I don't even think you'd be able to improve it that much by, you know, doing like CrossFit or I guess maybe you would a little bit. Um, but, but is there like, like, do they need to basically do zone two mostly? Or do they need to do a mixture of like zone five? And those who don't know what like zone two, zone five, zone three, can you explain like the different zones? Because sometimes that's a little confusing to me. Like I know what zone two is for me, but I'm also confused how somebody could find it who doesn't have like a Garmin or a way to find their zone two. Yeah, there is a test to do it actually. But okay, so the test is 12 minutes. How far can you run? basically okay. so the time is set for 12 minutes and you you just go as far as you can uh, and then there's a table that will tell you based on your age i believe what your estimated vo2 max is the only way to do it accurately it would be to go and do it in a lab but that's going to be the best bet for for most of us and i think it's relatively accurate in terms of what what it would tell you in a lab and what garmin would tell you it is based on your your watch if you have one but yeah i mean if you do want to improve that i would say yeah a mixture of both zone two and then zone four and five cardio but probably just best off starting at zone two and not worrying too much about anything especially if you're coming into this without doing much cardio because you know what it's you know it's like if you go straight to zone five and you overdo it you're going to feel sick sick as a parrot so you know start off relatively low heart rate you know anything up to like 145 beats per minute for most people maybe even slightly less um you know and just cruise get used to whatever because if it's running that's pretty taxing it's hard to stay at a relatively low heart rate because some like i said i was walking and jogging at that point when i first started but a bike sitting on a bike and just pedaling you know getting your heart rate like I said, up up to around 145 and just trying to accumulate like 150 minutes per week of of that would be an amazing goal. Like if you can start with only doing less, then start doing less. But I'd say once you've done several months of that, then start, you know, experimenting with some higher intensity training. And that could be like four minute intervals uh, with like a two to three minute rest or it could be um you know all out for 20 seconds again with a two a full recovery a two minute rest um and doing that repeating that over and over again because you know if you're like on a bike an assault bike or something and you go all out for 20 seconds that is yeah. horrible <laughs> yeah horrible yeah yeah you know so, what's funny is i actually enjoy that more than i do long distance um and I think like I just have a I I can deal with the torture of like thirty seconds to a minute. Um, and then know that I have a longer rest period. Cause it reminds me of lifting, right? Like if you're lifting an ungodly amount of weight for yourself and like you but you know, you have like a two or three minute rest afterwards, or you have like one more set and then you're done. It's super bearable. But just like running for like 30 to 45 minutes, my brain just does not shut off. Mm -hmm. But that's yeah. a good thing too sometimes because it can be meditative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, dude, it's probably exactly what I need to be doing. Like, yeah, I probably be need to be doing less anaerobic stuff and more aerobic stuff. But for me, like, that's why I play pickleball because, like, for me, like, yeah, it, dude, I get so in the moment when I'm playing pickleball. Like, it doesn't even yeah. feel like exercise to me. It feels like I am trying to play like this game of chess. And it's fun. It's more fun for sure. Dude, it's so fun. But, yeah. but at the same time, like, I also need to be doing dedicated cardio sessions outside of that because. Like I said, it's not zone two the entire time. It's normally like in a two hour period, maybe like maybe like sixty percent of it is in zone two because sometimes you're waiting in between points, sometimes you're you're dinking for like a long period of time. Sometimes, you know, dinking is like I don't need to explain what pickleball is, but look up dinking because that's sometimes you do a lot of that. Right. Yeah. Well, 
I think you've probably got your bases covered. I think the good thing about running or going on a bike is like it's much easier to see the progression as opposed to like if you if you go and play pickleball. There's other things like skill involved in that. Like you have to get better. And that's a good thing. It's like pros and cons, you know. It's a good thing to to be able to like learn the skill and it's more fun. But if you want to if you just want to improve your cardiovascular fitness, then you know, just bike or treadmill or even elliptical or something and can you go further with the same heart rate for the same time period or can you with the same heart rate get further um or go for longer right it's like there's ways to progress and it's much easier to quantify that progress so i know that um a lot of people will use like the watts that you accumulate as like a marker of progress. So let's say like in during a a 20 minute period of like cardio zone two cardio, maybe you accumulate X amount of Watts. I have no idea what, but like the cardio pieces of equipment that I use, it doesn't calculate how much Watts that you accumulate, but it does calculate how many calories you've burned. So in that instance, would you say that like burning a specific amount of calories or like whatever could be a good indicator of how how hard you worked on that piece of equipment? Not that, that those amount of calories are accurate, but it's like inaccurately consistent. Like in other words, like if you can burn 300 calories in like 45 minutes and then the next week you're able to burn 300 calories in 40 minutes and then on the same piece of equipment like let's say the elliptical and then eventually after months you are able to burn 300 calories in 30 minutes would you say that's a good like you're increasing your aerobic capacity yeah definitely it's just another measure of how far you've gone or how much work you've done like you said i wouldn't equate the calories to how many calories you've actually burned i would just try and disassociate that altogether yeah. but yeah if you're trying to compare week to week to week did you get more calories this week than you did last week yeah but you could also just look at distance but again folk thinking about different machines will say different things for example like there's the concept two bike which is basically the same bike that's made by the rowing, the rower company right. that makes the rowers. Right. So there's that bike. And then there's also like spin bikes. There's different types of bikes, regular gym exercise bikes that will t say something different. So don't compare apples to oranges, you know, always either use try the same use piece the of same. equipment, yeah, but at least same. compare the same to the same uh and that that would be the best bet you know jumping on the bike for like half an hour and try and keep your heart rate at like 140 beats per minute uh see how far you get and then the next week do it again and just keep doing it again and again and again you should be able to go further in that 30 minute time block so for some people like zone two they're gonna be that that heart rate is gonna be up at 140 and then for some people it's gonna be lower um right doesn't it depend on your age as well well the calculation for maximum heart rate does depend on your age because the calculation for max heart rate or the estimation it would be 220 minus your age however it's that's not the most accurate way of of doing it because you could be 60 but be able to get your heart rate up into the 190s potentially. So, you know, when it's when it's a heart rate zone, zone two, low heart rate, you can have any calculation there is, but the most important thing is that you're able to string sentences together and talk to yourself or breathe through your nose only. Not saying that you have to do it the whole time, but can you, you know, for minutes on end, just breathe in and out through your nose? If you can, it's likely that you're in zone two. And the benefits of zone two is it's not so fatiguing on your system. So like if you are trying to lift weights as well, if you are trying to get better at rock climbing, for example, it's not fatiguing sitting in zone two like it is a little bit but it's way more fatiguing going up into higher heart rate zones there's more to recover from uh, and more mentally challenging that's for sure right but like 
just sitting in zone two, it's not that taxing on the system. So you can accumulate quite a lot of time in zone two without it being um, too fatiguing. And you also get benefits in zone two that you wouldn't get from going into zone three, four, and five. And that's the important thing. Like you can sit there and you'd be like, this is too easy. Like, I'm so used to pushing myself in the gym, but this is just too easy. Then what's the point? But there is point because there's different adaptations to the training that you can get from, from training in different zones. Here's a great example. When you're in zone two, so when you're going at a conversational pace, you can breathe in and out through your nose, you are increasing the stroke volume of your heart. So you're actually in improving the elasticity of the, the walls of the heart so it can fill up with more blood each stroke, hence increasing the stroke volume. Mm. So you're allowing more blood flow into the heart. And the reason why zone two is good because as soon as you go into zone three and the heart starts to beat faster, it doesn't have time to fully um, stretch out because it's it's trying to beat and pump blood around the body. So that's one of the huge benefits of zone two that you don't get if you, if you start pushing yourself hard, harder and harder. But there is, of course, merit to going up to zone four and five. And when you start to do that, you start to thicken the walls so not not only do they become more flexible right it's like you think is it if it's stretched how can it be more powerful but think about a muscle like it can be more flexible you could have more flexible hamstrings but they could be stronger you know so as you get to zone four and five your heart rate is able to pump more powerfully and pump you know more forcefully that blood around the body so it can get to the working muscles and get oxygen and whatever else around. Wow, man, that's really interesting. I, di I didn't actually know that. That's cool. Um, I think I have to sneeze. Okay, that was a good sneeze. Um, hey, Andy, man, thank you so much for coming on, talking about some zone two, talking about some cardio, talking about... Yeah, we weren't even expecting to go there, but I, I feel like that's important stuff for us to talk about, especially now. Um, and yeah, man, thanks for thanks for coming on. We're going to have uh, all your socials linked down below, but tell the people where they can find you. Mostly on Instagram, at Coach Taters. Uh, that's where I post most of the time. So yeah, definitely go and check me out on there. But mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. We used to have like phone calls every week. But since things have been a little bit busier, you've been busy, I've been busy, we don't get to chat quite as much. So, yeah, like you said, we came into this kind of, I said to you, what should we talk about? And you were like, let's talk about training. That's kind of as much as we had planned. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just kind of went and it was actually really enjoyable chatting about, about those things. So, yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast, mate. Yeah, man. Love it. All right, guys. We'll talk to you in the next episode.